Elsie is in all my pictures. I know this because I have looked through all the pictures of me and my family taken in the last seventeen years, and she is in them all. I only noticed this last night, clearing six months' worth of pictures off my phone. She is in the locker room at lunchtime. She hovers at the corner of the frame on school tours. She is in every school play. I thought, what a coincidence. Elsie's in all my photos. Then, on a hunch, I looked through the rest of the photos on my computer and the ones glued into my diaries and in my family photo albums. Elsie is in them all. She turns her back to the camera at birthday parties. She is on family holidays and walks along the coast. A hint of her even appears in windows and mirrors in the zoomed-in background of pictures taken at home. An elbow here, an ankle there, a lock of her hair. Is there really such a thing as coincidence? This much of a coincidence? Elsie is not my friend. Elsie is nobody's friend, really. She's just that girl who talks too softly and stands too close, who you used to be sort of friends with when you were eight and your father just died, but who mostly got left behind with the rag dolls and tea sets and other relics of childhood. I've put a representative sample of 72 pictures taken in the last few years onto my phone to show to be before class. I want to ask her if she thinks there's something really strange going on, or if the world really is so small that someone can turn up in all of another person's photographs. I haven't shown the photos to Sam yet. I don't know why. In the older pictures, my house looks like a cartoon house. No cars in the driveway, colored curtains framing the windows in hourglass shapes, a cloud of smoke attached to the chimney like white cotton candy, a seven-year-old me playing steal the bacon with Alice on the road in front of it. And there, at the side of the frame, a leg, the hem of a tartan skirt, and the heel of the type of sensible brown shoe that Elsie always wears. Those pictures were taken a decade ago. This morning, there is no cotton candy smoke coming from the chimney, and the hourglass curtains of the sitting room frame the image of my mother, hopping on one leg as she tries to wrestle a boot onto her other foot. Alice, outside, stamps her own feet impatiently. She stalks up to the window and raps on the glass, telling our mother to get a move on. Sam laughs from the hallway, invisible in the morning sun that casts everything past the front door in shadow. I push my fists deeper into my pockets and look up at the sky. There are a few wisps of cloud just hanging there, mirroring me, leaning against the side of the car. Alice is my sister. She is one year older and a million years wiser, or so she'd like to believe. And she may be right. How should I know? I am hardly wise. Sam is my ex-stepbrother, which is a mouthful to say, but as our parents are divorced, he isn't technically my brother anymore. His father was married to my mother until he disappeared four years ago. He ran off with a biological anthropologist and spends his time studying gibbons in the rainforests of Borneo. Sam has been living with us for seven years now, so I suppose to all intents and purposes, he is my brother. But mostly he's just Sam, standing tall in the shade of the hallway, dark hair falling in his eyes. Knowing that getting everyone into the car will take some time, 
I take my hands out of my pockets and pull out my phone again. I flip through the photos for the third time this morning, playing Spot the Elsie like in those Where's Waldo books. I'd never realized that Elsie always looks worried. Frown lines crease her forehead, and her mouth makes a little pout. Even her hair looks worried somehow when her head is turned. That's quite an accomplishment. I wonder what my hair looks like when my head is turned. The back of my head is not something I see very often. Unlike Elsie, I pose when a photo is being taken and smile. When Alice's head is turned, when, for example, she is banging on the front room window for the twentieth time to hurry my mother, who has forgotten something, her phone, her bag, her head, and has gone back upstairs to fetch it, her hair looks severe. It is dyed two shades lighter than her natural blonde, always right to the roots, perfectly straightened, tightly wound into one of those make-a-bun hair donuts and stuck with two sticks. Alice has don't-mess-with-me hair. My mother's hair is purple. It tumbles down her shoulders in unbrushed waves as she drives and swings when she shakes her head. Strands of it stick to her lip gloss. She spits them out as she speaks. Today, she has painted her nails the same color. If it were any other time of year on this drive to school, she'd be reaching across to Alice in the passenger seat or fixing her hair, licking the tip of her finger to smooth the edges of her eye makeup, or drinking from a flask of coffee like some people drag on a cigarette. But it's coming up to the end of October, and Alice fell down the stairs last night. So my mother grips the steering wheel with white-knuckled, purple-nailed hands and doesn't take her eyes off the road. She wouldn't have driven us, but she's convinced walking is more dangerous.